When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Now available on Apple Podcasts, Podcast One, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. Since 1983, Eddie Trunk has been the voice for fans of rock, hard rock, and heavy metal. A best-selling author, host of TV's That Metal Show, and seven national radio shows, including Trunk Nation, daily on Sirius XM. Interesting. Eddie offers the world his news-making interviews, passionate analysis, honest commentary, and who knows what else. So welcome to the Eddie Trunk Podcast. Everybody, it's Eddie Trunk, and welcome to another episode of the Eddie Trunk Podcast, which is new every Thursday. PodcastOne.com, Apple Podcast, and of course, also free on Spotify. Hope you are having a great Thursday if you're listening on post day. Of course, our new episodes are every Thursday, and whatever day you're listening, thank you for downloading, streaming, and checking out my podcast. So here we are with uh, another couple great interviews to hit you with. Before we get to those, let me remind you once again that the Eddie Trunk Podcast is being brought to you by Goodies Hangover. With a powerful pain reliever and a boosting ingredient, you can get fast pain relief and a boost of alertness to help battle the groggy, tired feeling that comes with a hangover. It's hangover relief at the speed of powder. You can get Goodies Hangover at Walmart, Dollar General, Amazon and other fine retailers. Go to goodiespowder.com for more information. So this week, two podcasts for you. We'll start with Miles Kennedy. I'm a, a friend and a huge fan of Miles and his band Alter Bridge, as well as his work with Slash. And you're about to hear he is also working on his second solo album, so he has a lot going on, as usual. We cover all of that ground, a little Slash talk, a little peek into what his next solo record might sound like, and we talk about a new Alter Bridge EP that features some live recordings and a brand new song. So a lot to catch up with with Miles, and you will hear all about it from the man himself first in the podcast. And then coming up second, another great singer, LeJohn Witherspoon, lead singer of Seven Dust. Seven Dust just released a brand new album called Blood and Stone. I have a lot of respect for this band. They've been doing it for a very long time. They do it incredibly well. Uh, they have uh, really just built a, a fan base and a following the old-fashioned way by just putting in years of hard work and touring, and I really, really respect that. 
Lejean called in to talk a little bit about the new Seven Dust record, among other things. You'll hear that second in this week's podcast. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter, Instagram, fan page on Facebook. It's all simply at Eddie Trunk, and eddietrunk.com is the official online home. And as I tell you every week, the interviews you hear on this podcast originate and first happened live on the radio, and that would be on Sirius XM Channel 106 volume. The show would be Trunk Nation. If you're in the U.S. or Canada and you have Sirius XM, you can hear it every weekday live, 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern time, nightly replays 10 to midnight Eastern, and on demand on the Sirius XM app anytime you want. Be sure to join me for Trunk Nation every day, Monday through Friday on Volume Channel 106. You're getting just a tiny sample of what I do on a daily basis here on the podcast. So if you're in the U.S. or Canada, be sure to sign up if you haven't already and join me. And as far as the time, you know, sometimes you hear people, oh, it's the middle of the day. I can't listen. No worries, folks. All the shows are on demand on the app. And then you got that nightly replay, 7 to 9, 10, 7 to 9 Pacific, 10 to midnight Eastern every night. So many ways to catch the shows if you can't listen in the live window. Don't forget, there's also a sixth Sirius XM show. That's Mondays, 5 to 8 p.m. Eastern on 39. That show went back to being live about a month and a half ago. And the terrestrial radio show heard on about 30 radio stations across America, mostly hard rock and metal music. You can also get that on demand if you become an all-access member of eddytrunk.com. And I thank all my radio affiliates that bring you the program. And last but not least, if you'd like to get a personalized video as a gift, holiday greeting, maybe birthday greeting for someone you know or love, or maybe both, (laughs) you know them and you love them, I am on Cameo. Find my profile at Cameo.com. Just search my name. Be sure to order from the Cameo website. It will save you and I money versus ordering off of one of the apps. So, like I told you, Miles coming up first, LeJean coming up second. Enjoy these great conversations this week on the Eddie Trunk Podcast right after this. The Eddie Trunk Podcast. Hey folks, support for this podcast comes from Pluto TV. Need an escape? We all do these days, that's for sure. Drop into Pluto TV for a world of free TV. Stream hundreds of channels and thousands of movies and shows all for free. Yep, free. No subscriptions, no fees. Imagine 24-7 channels of Narcos, CSI, Star Trek, Survivor, and everything else from hit movies to binge-worthy TV shows, the latest news, live sports, comedy, and more. So what are you waiting for? Download the free Pluto TV app for Android, iPhone, Roku, and Fire TV and start streaming now. Pluto TV, drop in, watch free. This is the Eddie Trunk Podcast. Welcome back, everybody. Eddie Trunk here with you on this week's Eddie Trunk Podcast. Coming up in a bit... LeJean Witherspoon of Seven Dust. Nice long double dip for you this week. First up, Miles Kennedy of Alter Bridge, Slash's Band, and now a solo career as well. We talk about all of it, including the new Alter Bridge EP, right now with Miles Kennedy. Enjoy. 
Miles, how are you, buddy? Hey, I'm good, man. It's good to hear your voice. Going to go see a couple of your conspirators out in Vegas tomorrow. Uh oh. <laughs> are you guys going to get into lots of trouble? I'm sure. Talk about lots of uh, you know interesting rock uh, facts. I'm sure, and go way back. Oh, it's ridiculous. It really is. My my favorite memory of that was early on in the history of the conspirators. I don't even know if you were there, but I was at a re- in the rehearsal studio in L.A. with Brent and Todd. And Slash was there. I think I, you may have may not been there, but we were sitting around by the sofas and we were just talking. And I don't know. I think it got to the point where some, one of us brought up Angel. And I remember Slash just shaking his head and getting up and being like, I can't do this. <laughs> <laughs> not that he, yeah, not that he had anything... Not that he had anything against Angel, but it was just so geeky that it was just like <laughs> he just walked away in disgust. <laughs> yeah, it's well, it's it, it is very entertaining to, to watch the dynamic, especially when you and Todd get rolling, because you know Todd, I think is is like yourself, very uh, very schooled at the history of of rock and roll, and yeah, it, it just it gets so deep into the you know you slip you slip so. so <laughs> You, you go so far down the rabbit hole that those sitting around listening do kind of just shake their head and go, what in the hell is happening here? <laughs> How you been, man? You know, I was talking before you came on the air with us, and I said, of all the people I know, you are by far one of the hardest working and hardest touring musicians, given the fact that you're in two major bands with Alter Bridge and Slash, and then, of course, launched a solo career. So you are not a man that is used to being home for extended periods of time. Uh, you obviously have been for the most part. How has this whole pandemic been for you? Have you been able to do a lot of creative stuff in terms of writing and recording? I have, yeah. I tried to, uh, initially I tried to utilize the time the best that I could. Um, and so, yeah, the first five months I spent writing another solo record and then uh, month six and seven, I recorded, actually, you know, went down and recorded the record with, with Elvis and Michael Basquette. And, and now, you know, that all that is done, I'm really learning how to just power down and do lots of, you know, get, get through the honeydew list that's been sitting around the house now for about a decade, <laughs> you know, uh, lots of house chores and things like that. And to be honest with you, Ed, I, I kind of like it. I'm not really complaining. <laughs> How is uh, how is your wife Selena like having you around so much? I mean, that's something she's probably not used to either. Uh, she, I think she likes it. She tells me <laughs> she likes it, but something tells me that that could wear thin here hit any day. She did send her best, <laughs> by the way. She wanted wanted you to wanted you. To <laughs> and you know, if you're I, if you're heading out on vacation, you know, you should just uh, come up north. You could help me. Uh, we got some leaves to rake around the house, and I'm oh. sure she'd love to have you around. <laughs> Well, send her my best, and I've got plenty of leaves uh, here in New Jersey to do uh, raking myself. But no, you guys should come down to Vegas and hang out. We'll 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 uh, we'll talk about obscure rock bands all night. I'm sure she'll love that. <laughs> well, as long as we can fit in the you know the blue murder discussion, you know I'm always up for that. So. Yeah, I know, and we need uh, we need John Sykes back in a big way, but he shows no signs of uh, of movement. I mean, guy, the guy has had a record done. And I, because I heard it, the guy has had a record done, mixed, mastered, artwork, everything for easily seven years, and just hasn't put it out. No kidding. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's 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 a oh. strange thing. I'm asked about him all the time. Yeah, he's the man. What I would give to hear it, I would I would 
I would love to have that in a playlist right now. Yeah, for sure. So let's let's take this one by one. Um, uh, we're going to get to the Alter Bridge stuff, of course, here in a second. But before we do, I want to just check on a few other things. Now, rumblings, and I was in touch with Slash not too long ago, and he said he's been writing like crazy. Wh- where are you guys at? Are you looking to knock out another record during quarantine? Because he's, he's more of a workaholic than you at times. Have you guys been writing? Have you been recording? Where are things at with the conspirators? Yeah, things have been in the writing phase, but, you know, there it's always kind of in the writing phase, I guess, you know, stuff was starting to be hammered out during the last tour, you know, during sound checks and whatnot. So there are ideas from that. Uh, I know Slash has been using the time to come up with more uh, recordings of like um, demos and whatnot, I'm sure. But, but as far as, um, as far as actually getting in the studio and making a recording with the entire band, that's, yeah, I think we're hoping to do that at some point next year, but as far as releases go and all that, we're all kind of at the mercy of, I guess, when things get back to normal, who knows when that's going to be. Yeah. Cause you have a lot of different people. And during this whole thing, I've been talking to different artists and everybody has a different take on this there. Initially when this all hit, People were like, well, I'm not putting out my record till I can go and tour and I'm going to hold it. Now everybody's putting out the records and some making even already a second one. So everybody has a different attitude. You have some people that are like, you know, I'm, I'm going to work virtually and we're going to record virtually. Others like, you know, the guys in the struts all went in and got tested, went into a studio in 10 days, knocked out a record, and it's probably the best record they made. So everybody has a different approach about what you can and can't do and what they do and don't want to do. Uh, during this whole thing, but it's, it's, you said you made a solo record. So you, you were willing to travel and get into a studio and do it in like you'd want to, I would think. Yeah. So that was an interesting, it was interesting because it almost didn't happen because, because my wife and I have been taking this whole thing pretty seriously and we don't really leave the house house much. Um, so what we did was Z and I, my, my, my drummer, um, we, we drove across country and with the gear in towed and met uh, Tim, a bass player, I think in, in Tennessee, and then drove the rest of the way, made sure everybody was good to go, tested and, and whatnot. And we basically lived in the studio for, well, I guess I, I was there since, since I did the bulk of the work for a good seven weeks and didn't leave. I mean, it was just like, if you, the studio where Elvis is, he's got the living quarters connected to the studio. So, so it basically was just a, a studio lockdown and it was great because you put a bunch of, a bunch of us together and, 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 and get to make music and act like complete idiots and have fun. And so it was, it was really like rock and roll summer camp. Um, but, but yeah, it's, it's, the, it's been such a paradigm shift. You know, there's so many things I think that we all took for granted as far as tra- how easy travel was and how, it, you know, just before all this happened in, in March, um, things have shifted a lot. So you take the precautions necessary. So wait a minute. So for people that don't know, you live in Washington state and you, and Elvis's studio for, and where he works out of is in Florida. You drove from Washington state to Florida. We did. We got a, wow. we, we rented a car. We rented it. We rented like a suburban and, uh, and, uh, we left on a Saturday morning at probably 9am and we got to Florida, uh, about 2am early. Well, I guess 
early Tuesday morning, like two. Yeah. So it was like a three day drive. Non, three days you did that in were, were you guys like yeah. were, you, were you rotating people driving did you i mean how many stop what did you make like one stop uh we didn't stop a lot we were uh, i was very impressed with this vehicle that we rented and how <laughs> much it was it was it was great on gas it was in this it was a massive vehicle i wish you could remember what it was i was we kept commenting like we never have to fill this thing up we just kept, we just would keep rolling and um and then we'd stop for about eight hours to get some sleep at a hotel and and uh but it was fun man i gotta say that we didn't turn the radio on once we didn't listen to podcasts we just sat there and talked talked about because z and i we grew up together we are we were in our first bands together in the 80s so we just got to 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 catch up and be bros again and we had a blast it was great Man, that that's probably about the furthest uh, you can drive <laughs> in in, a, in the U.S. In <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's about the most miles you can do from a city to a city within the U.S. I, I'd I'd go crazy. I don't like being in the car more than like three hours. I get itchy, so I I'd go nuts. I I just flew for the first time in eight months last weekend, and I'm about to obviously tomorrow. And you know, I put the mask on, and now they just came out with some stats saying that it's not any worse than doing anything else as long as you're wearing a mask. Who knows what's real and what's not anymore? But you know, I I said screw it. I was going to get on a plane, and you know, I got to say the plane. You know, I flew on United, and it's not an ad. They don't we don't take advertising from them. Nothing to do with that. But they were pretty buttoned up, and they fumigated the plane. They give you hand sanitizers, and you got to wear a mask the whole time. And I was fine with all of it. And you know, obviously, people have different feelings about it. But yeah, I was obviously okay with it enough to be getting on a plane again tomorrow. Yeah, I mean, I, it's one of those things where I think that. Protocols change so much, and everybody's jumping yeah. to groups to make sure people are safe. So, um, yeah, you're, you'll be fine. Yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll see. Otherwise, I'm going to find that car that you uh, you rented and fired <laughs> up and start driving to Vegas tomorrow because <laughs> it's almost <laughs> as far sweet. for me. That's crazy. That's amazing, man. So, what? How? Um, where? What's the status of the solo record? Um, what did you do different from the first one, and when is it coming out? So status is and it is recorded waiting to hear the mixes elvis is working probably as we speak on the mixes um and uh you know as far as what it what it is relative to the first solo album um it definitely has elements of it is it a, is a is it as acoustic based as the first one is no um i wanted to make sure that um there was some sort of a departure while retaining certain sonic hallmarks from the, the previous record. But this one's definitely more amplified, a lot more electric guitar, a lot more solos. I mean, I really wanted to take this record and explore being a guitar player again, because as you know, that's kind of my first love. And mm -hmm. so uh, that that's uh, that's one of the main differences. Um, and uh, as far as the when it will be released... We're hoping for next year. I mean, that's the goal, knock on wood. And obviously, for people that don't know, your first solo record was a very personal record. It was a lot about you growing up and your mom and stuff like that. So material-wise, is this is this different than that, I would imagine? Just this is more uh, a different theme to every song? Yeah, you know, it's going to depend on which songs make the final cut, because I, I recorded 14. And uh, depending on which songs end up making it, the, it, it, it 
it's going to be, it's interesting. It's, it's a hard one to, to answer because there's some that are more uh, based around things like my family, but then there are other songs that are that definitely informed by what's currently going on in the world. The, the narrative is, was definitely inspired by the times we're living in. So it'll be interesting to see what makes the cut and w- what the overall vibe of the record will be once that's done. And what people don't know, the last thing on the solo end of your world is that you have basically like the equivalent of like the Prince Black album sitting in your catalog because yeah. before you put out your first solo record, you had done one that you were sitting on forever that still to this day remains unreleased. So there is this mysterious Miles Kennedy original first solo album that you only you have. And I, I've talked to Tremonti about it. I mean, I think he's heard some of it. He told me, but do you ever, what is that forever in the archives? You know, that's a good question. I, I think time will tell. Um, I, because there's a certain mystique to it now and people are probably for anybody who cares, you know, it's, it's something that they might be interested in. Um, so maybe somewhere down the road, it'll be released in its entirety or at least parts of it will be released. Um, but, uh, you know, it's there, so that's nice to know, you know, it's, it's, uh, this body of work that represents a certain period in time, which is as the years go on. I find that there is an allure to that just because it, it's like a, t- you know, it's, it's like a journal entry and you go back and you listen to something you had that you created and, uh, and, and documented 11 years ago and you go, Oh, that's where I was at that point as an artist and as a human being. So maybe in another few years, it'll be interesting to revisit that concept again and possibly the idea of releasing it. See, just by me talking about it now for people that didn't know I'm building the mystique. So when it, when it comes, it's going to be like this, this, like, what is this thing? So that's, I'm trying to, you know, do a little advanced marketing when you're ready, Miles. We'll, we'll get it out there. All right. All right. I like it. (laughs) So Alter Bridge, uh, obviously you guys heavily impacted by the pandemic because you had a huge tour that was blown out. The last concert I saw before this whole lockdown was you guys at the Wiltern and the last LA rainbow broadcast I did was you and Mark right after the will turn back in whatever that was February. Uh, And then obviously you guys had greater plans to promote walk the sky and that all got wiped out because of what's going on. Um, And now we have essentially an EP of live songs and one new song in last rights. So obviously this is all a product of the fact that you guys couldn't continue to tour to support the record. Yeah, we figured since uh, there was there was no way to to uh, continue the tour cycle, we thought, well, for considering there are a lot of markets we haven't had the opportunity to to hit, let's take songs from the new record, live versions, and let's release them. I mean, that's really the best we can do at this point. Uh, and in, in conjunction with that, let's do uh, let's put on a new track as well. And so we figured that was you know, apropos and, and, uh, you know, here we are with walk the sky 2.0. Yep. Which is out now or coming out. Uh, it comes out in just a few days. Yeah. Okay. So, so it's out on Friday. It's in the chain. It's in the chamber. Yeah. <laughs> All right. It's out on Friday. Did you do during the course of the time, uh, touring for walk the sky, the, wa- the tracks from it that are live on this EP, 
was that everything that you had ever played live from the record or had you played other stuff you just didn't include on the EP? Did you, you, you didn't play every track at some point from that record live, did you? Our goal was to do that, but unfortunately we had, we hadn't got to that point. In fact, we were, we'd been before we shut down, we had been rehearsing a song called indoctrination. We were getting ready to put that in the, in the, in the, uh, arsenal and so yeah man we i think we got to play around half the tracks and the the songs that you hear on the ep were most of the ones that we had the opportunity to play i think there was one that didn't make the cut for whatever reason um but uh we you know it's 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 the same in in all the projects i play and you you do your best to at least put have each song have its day live you know because you put so much work into it and it would be a shame just to have it sit on a record. So, um, and who knows, uh, you know, who knows what'll happen as time goes on, whether we'll, you know, on the next tour cycle, get to revisit some of those songs again, play some of the ones we didn't play from this record. I, I don't know, but, uh, but we, we did the best we could with this EP and figured it would, it would kind of scratch the edge for those of us who hadn't, or for, for those fans who hadn't seen us live and play these songs yet. Was Last Right something that was left over from recording Walk the Sky that you guys just didn't include, or is that a brand new song from the ground up that you recorded just for the EP? So, kind of yes and yes. It was a, the genesis of it started during the Walk the Sky uh, pre pro, and it's a killer riff that Mark had. Um, and we, we started to chase it down, but it just didn't seem congruent with the rest of the record. It didn't have the, it didn't have the same feel as the other, the other tracks did. So we held off on completing it. And fortunately through the power of technology, um, what, during the lockdown back in the spring, while I was working on my solo stuff, uh, I did a, I don't know if it was Zoom or Skype or whatever with Elvis. And we actually tracked the vocal. Uh, for, I did it in my studio here in, in Spokane, and he was in in Florida. And and I just you know we'd, we'd he'd sit there and we worked through it for a few hours, and then I sent him the files, and here here we are. So you know it's it's easier because the because like Mark lives ten minutes from Elvis's studio in in Orlando, so anything they needed to do with Mark's guitar parts. Uh, or, you know, that was, that was an easy fix to get to my guitar parts. I think I had already tracked during the, during the process, during, uh, the walk the sky session. So I didn't have to worry about guitar stuff. Um, but yeah, it, that's how, that's how we did it. Yeah. It's a, it is killer. And, and also native son from, which is on the original walk the sky, which is great. One of my favorite songs on the record is the current is a current single in video as well. So you've got two things a fairly singles wise new out there floating around for people to check out. And there's videos for both, for both of them, which again, videos the way you pretty much have to do them now, which is some sort of lyric thing or animated because everybody's so spread out and who will get together and who won't. So that's really where, where things are at as far as doing visual stuff, it seems. Would you guys ever entertain the idea? I mean, I know the altar bridge camp is all pretty spread out, but would you ever entertain the idea of doing like a streaming performance? So many people are doing those. What's your, what's your feeling on them? I mean, I think it's, it's a great thing. I think it's just a matter of logistics for us. It's something that we, we've certainly, discussed um but but time will tell if we can make it happen it, it's such a weird thing because we literally live three thousand miles away from each other so it's uh, a lot more goes into it 
And, you know, you, you mentioned, and for people that don't know, and you referenced this earlier, I, I mean, knowing you so well, we've talked about this before on the show, you, your, your passion is guitar playing, and that is your main thing. That's what you love so much. So I would be remiss if I didn't ask you for a few thoughts on the passing of Eddie Van Halen. And, and the thing, the other thing about that is, I mean, I know Mark had Wolfie in his band. And when I came to the Wiltern show earlier this year, I talked to Wolf. He was there and he was, I know he's backstage at Alter Bridge. So I know the camp is pretty close to you guys. Um, you know, just obviously a, a massive tragedy that everybody's still dealing with, but uh, you know, what, what would you like to say about all of that? Uh, it's heavy. Um, I think that losing Eddie Van Halen, uh, in the music world is, uh, it's, it's, it's hard to, it's really hard to articulate, um, just how, how the gravity of that. Um, but what the, has been beautiful to see is how many people have, have expressed the profound impact that he had on their music. Um, I would say in all my years and kind of paying attention to social media, I've never seen such a, 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 an incredible show of love and respect for one person's legacy. As I saw after Eddie passed away, it was, it was really something to behold. It was really special and, and well-deserved because in my, you know, in my opinion, Eddie was the King. Um, I think a lot of us feel the same way. A lot of us feel like it was, if Eddie had not come along, um, the musical, landscape would be very, very different. A lot of us might not have even picked up our instruments. I, I, I doubt I would have. Um, I, I'll never forget the, the afternoon that I was out playing with my little brother and eruption came on the radio before it led into really, really got me. And I was just completely dumbfounded. I, it was just, a, it was, it was such a revolutionary sound that, uh, that was the that was what compelled me to want to play the guitar. And so many of us feel the same way. So yeah, man, he was, he was something else. He was a genius. He was, uh, he was, uh, a, a disruptor as far as the, the traditional ways people thought of playing the guitar, kind of the status quo of the time he took it and pushed it to the next level. And it was a, a beautiful thing. Miles, did you know him and had you met him? I mean, I know Wolfie is, like I said, close with Mark and played in Mark's band and is a big Alter Bridge fan. But did Eddie ever come to shows and did you have personal experiences with him? So I had one I remember in particular where he came to a show at the House of Blues when it was still around in Hollywood. And this would have been probably 10 years ago. He showed up with Wolfie. And I finally got to meet him. And of course I was, you know, I was trying to keep my cool. <laughs> it was, it was pretty difficult because the, there, you know, there he was. And uh, also knowing that he was watching the show, obviously that was pretty intimidating, but uh, he was, he was great. I mean, he was just funny and, and very chill and very cool. And uh, so that's, a, that's a, there's a picture floating around someone. I, I saw it somewhere out there. It was Eddie and, and Wolfie and Mark and I, and, and Slash was there that night as well. So that was, that was a pretty special night as a guitar player for, for me, just to have all these iconic guys standing in the room was, was pretty special. Yeah, no doubt. Hey, before I let you go, I do also want to mention, I saw online, speaking of streaming stuff and people posting online, and of course everybody's doing that now because it's pretty much all you can do, you you, uh, you did a great uh, acoustic version of Iron Maiden, The Trooper. That was awesome. 
Oh, thanks, brother. Yeah, I, yeah. I um, I started, I started working on that, or started, I guess, playing that song a few years ago on the solo tour. And I remember going to my bunk one night, thinking, you know, I'd like to add a few more covers in the set. And I thought, what would be one that would be kind of, kind of, kind of fun to take and do it a completely different musical spin on a musical take on it. I thought, what would it be like if Johnny Cash and, and Iron Maiden had done an arrangement of a song <laughs> together? So that was kind of the take on it. And it's, it's kind of blown my mind just how, how much that version's kind of <laughs> gotten out there. I didn't really think much of it when I did. I just thought, oh, this would be fun. I'll, I'll give this a try. But for whatever reason, it's, it's resonated. I mean, it's a wonderful song. It's just, it's a great narrative. I love the narrative of that. I think, uh, I think the lyrics are, are are brilliant, and obviously the melody and the music is is great as well. So that's a that's a classic Maiden song for a reason. Yeah, and it just goes to show you that a truly great song, no matter how it's recorded and and what goes on around it and what context it's in, is whether it's stripped down like that or you know big bombastic delivery like Maiden. Great song is a great song, and who knows? Maybe Steve Harris wrote it the way you played it. You know, maybe it started that way. Who knows? I think that's always really interesting. <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah, you just never know. A good, but that it, it, it really is true. A good song will shine in any in any arrangement setting. I've 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 noticed that as the years go on. So there's something to be said about it. a good melody, good chord progression, and then a, a lyric that that connects. And uh, there you have it. Well, and the last thing, speaking of good songs, I don't know if you've seen this. I, w- I came on the air today. You know, I get all the British rock magazines sent to me, Classic Rock and Rock Candy and Metal Hammer. I love all those magazines. They're my favorite things to read. And because of the pandemic, I guess the mail stopped sending them. So today, the floodgates open. I got like eight months of magazines. I'm getting caught up. And on Classic Rock, which is an amazing British magazine for people who haven't seen it, they did the... the uh the the top 100 songs of the last 20 years and did um, i don't know if you know this or saw this but blackbird was number 3 what yeah no i got it right way. here yeah i had no idea wow i'll take huh. a i'll take a um when I get off the air, I'll take a photo and I'll send you a photo, a, a picture of the, like a two page deal, but it ramps up from number 100. And then I think the darkness was number one, you know, typical Brits. <laughs> and then, uh, I love the and then, yeah, but then number three, I'm pretty sure it was three. It was like three or four or two, but it was right there was Blackbird. So speaking of great songs, wow, I mean, they, they love that one over there for sure. Wow. That's that my mind is, is, Totally blown after hearing that. I had no idea. Yeah. Well, thank I'll you. send it to you. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> I mean, I love it too, but you can thank Classic Rock, but I didn't know if you saw that. And uh, I guess that song really, I mean, we've talked about this before. Alter Bridge is, uh, you know, I had the guys, uh, I had Ben from Blackstone Cherry on the show yesterday, and we were talking about how big they are in, in the UK and how much bigger they are in the UK than they are in America, being an American band. The same can be said for Alter Bridge, and clearly, you know, they have a great respect for your music there. It's amazing the relationship that Alter Bridge has with that that part of the world. Yeah, it's it's, it's fascinating to see how different um, markets will react to music. That's something I had no idea about how that worked twenty years ago. I just thought, you know, everybody's a human. Everybody has ears, <laughs> listens to things the same way, but a, a different 
part of the world reacts to what you do very differently. So fortunately, yeah, the UK has been, and Europe in general, has been uh, very good to us, and we're, 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 we're very grateful for that. So it's, I, in a lot of ways, it's really allowed us to have a career. And, and Blackstone, yeah, it's the, same, it's the same thing. And we've toured with those guys over there, and it's, it's, a, it's a totally different dynamic, you know. And um, so I think that both Blackstone Cherry and, and Alterbridge are very grateful for, uh, for the UK and Europe, no doubt about it. Here it is. I got the magazine in my hands. The 100 Greatest Songs of the Century so far. Number one, Darkness, I Believe in a Thing Called Love. Number two, ACDC Rock and Roll Train. Number three, Alter Bridge Blackbird. It says it wow. might have been a, it may have been a dark song, but Blackbird lifted Alter Bridge out of a dark period and into the lights. Jeez. Holy man. Well, thank you, Classic Rock. Wow. <laughs> I'll send you. I'll take a photo and send it to you. I thought that was awesome. Hey, man, it's great yeah, catching up with that. you. Um, I appreciate the time. It's always great to talk to you and, uh, you know, all the stuff you got going on. Can't wait for the solo record. Everybody check out Walk the Sky 2.0 out there right now with the new song on it and the live songs from uh, Walk the Sky. And hopefully maybe next year some new Conspirator stuff. Living the Dream was my favorite one you did so far, so I can't wait to see what's next. And uh, awesome. hopefully I get to see you soon, man. Been too long. I would love that. Thank you, Eddie. And I uh, give my best to the conspirators when you see them in a couple days. Oh, I will. We, you know, we, we maybe we'll text you and uh, you just so you get a sense of the rock geek mode that we're in so we could share the ridiculousness well, with you. Definitely. In fact, if you guys start, I try. Please, if you guys start going down the rabbit hole with some real music geekery, just FaceTime me and I'll be in on it. <laughs> I'm going to we'll prop the phone on the table, and when we get to Let's Blue Murder and John Sykes, we'll, we'll hit, we'll hit yeah. Paul Miles and we'll get you involved. I'm in. I'm in. All right, man. Listen, take care. Stay in touch. Thanks, brother. Have a good one. Love that guy. Great band. I love Alter Bridge. I love what Miles does with Slash, and looking forward to that new solo record as well. Thanks to Miles for checking in here on the Eddie Trunk Podcast. Coming up next, LeJean Witherspoon of Seven Dust. Welcome to the MIP. Yeah! <laughs> Michael Podcast. You knew this was coming. Guess who? Let me start this thing off. Join me every week for the Michael Irvin Podcast. We'll give you the full MIP experience. I'm talking everything from football to fashion. I will be chopping it up with playmakers, headline makers, and I am throwing haymakers. I'm the MVP of the MIP. Don't miss it. Download new episodes of the MIP, the Michael Irvin Podcast, every Thursday on Apple Podcasts, Podcast One, and Spotify. Welcome back. It's Eddie Trunk, and I mentioned earlier we have two guests for you on this week's podcast. Guest number two is the lead singer of Seven Dust, LeJean Witherspoon, talking about the just-released brand-new album Blood and Stone from the band and a whole lot more. Enjoy. LeJean, how are you, man? I am fantastic. Great to hear your voice, Eddie. Thank you uh, for uh, having me on the show today, man. Anytime. You know, I got a press release from uh, your publicist and my friend Kevin yesterday, and another new video and song from the upcoming record. And uh, both were extremely cool. Um, you got to be really excited, man. You know, I was saying on the air the other day 
it's funny because I've been doing this a really long time. I've been doing this since uh, radio and stuff like this since 1983. So to me, Seven Dust feels like it's still a newer band. <laughs> and then I'm sitting oh, wow. here looking at 13 records in and, uh, you know, 23 years since the first record. It blows my mind. Does it feel like it's been that long for you? I wish I still felt brand new, but, uh, <laughs> you know, Eddie, wow, it's, it's just crazy. The time went by so fast. I feel like, you know, I, I, I still think about the first time that we played like the Irvin Plaza and those, the energy to me, it's still there. So it doesn't seem like it's been that long. You know what I mean? Because I can still, I, there's not a show that I, I, I remember all of them. So yeah, it hadn't been that long, man. I just guess it was a, it was a good time for us when we started and uh, we've been lucky enough in this frugal, crazy world of music uh, to still be relevant, if that's the word to use proper right now, uh, because we know how many bands come and go. But we've been very lucky to, I feel like, have built up not a fan base, but we've built a family base up. And so that's what has kept us going these years. Yeah, I'll tell you, I remember, so 97, first record, when it all starts, I remember the label sending me the record. And if I recall, you guys back then, early on, you were managed by J.J. French from Twisted Sister, right? Yeah, absolutely. JJ was uh, definitely in, uh, working with us at the beginning. <laughs> I mean, because I remember he was the guy that reached out to me, and I'm like, "Why is the guitar player from Twisted Sister hitting me up about this band Seven Dust?" And I remember that that and was the label TVT in the beginning. Yeah, TVT Records, man. They uh they changed our lives. Uh, they were called TV Tunes. Uh, it was really cool to get a record deal at such a young age. I was 21 when we signed it. We waited a year until we signed the deal. And then all of a sudden, they took us to New York, TBT Records. The next thing I know, Eddie, we were on the road, and we never turned back. We never went home. But thanks to TBT, they put us on the map. They did things like that infomercial that no one was doing back then. And you would, at 3 o'clock in the morning, if you happen to be up, all of a sudden, you see seven dust <laughs> in your living room on this five-minute commercial, which is an incredible marketing move for us. But, yeah, TBT Records and all those places, man, I, I, those things still resonate in my mind today. When you when you think about the work you guys have put in, Lejean, and I, I said this to my audience earlier, I've got so much respect for for you guys as a band because you really have gone out and look. I mean, you're not uh, you're not the Foo Fighters. You're not some massive band that can just you know lay back if you wanted to and 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 have millions and millions of dollars in sales. You still go out and work at it. You guys put so much into the craft. You've honed it. You put so much in in the 2023 years. You built this incredible fan base. I mean, I I think it's amazing and so admirable how you've built the career. You've really done it the old-fashioned way, and you continue to do it that way. And to me, I think that is really, really enduring. Not for a minute to say Foo Fighters, any of these huge bands didn't do that as well. But I'm just saying, I think doing you know, putting that work in and building it from the ground up from the earliest years, independent label or TVT going through different managers, going through different labels. But the one consistent thread is going out there and putting on those killer live shows and getting better and better with every record. I mean, that really is how you build an enduring career, isn't it? Well, yeah, thank you. I, I, I hope, uh, 
I hope that that's how people look at it. I definitely feel like that's something that this band has uh, has held true and dear to their heart. Is to I feel like that we're destined to to do this music thing for some reason in life. Uh, this is the card we got dealt, and I love it. I would never take this for granted. And I think that uh, uh, how much more can you say to still to have made a career out of it? You know, I'm 48 years old now. I was 21 when I signed that record deal. To think that we've made a career out of it has been such a blessing. Might not be the biggest band in the world, but man, I'm staying good and uh we're healthy we have these families and uh we're still doing it like you said we're st- you know what what's next i'm scared because i don't know what the future is going to hold but for us you know for not just us artists in the metal just everybody you know that that i feel like what we do we're going to be the last ones to be allowed to get back into those type of uh environments because we're, we're the ones that bring the people close together in a capacity so what are we going to do eddie well, that's just it. Anybody that knows anything about your band, I mean, I think, I mean, the records are great, but the, I think the reputation has been cemented with the live shows, and it's got to be killing you to be. Uh, and we'll talk about the stream and everything, but it's got to be killing you to be releasing Blood and Stone, the new record, on on Friday this week, and not be out there on the road playing it. How weird is it? Everything stopped. We were even told, "Hey, man, you guys don't even uh, don't don't bring the album out. Let's let's wait to 2021." No way, we can't do that. We cannot sit on music for that long when we have it in us. You know, we can always go back. We're going to do another album. That, that's something we're excited about. But why not give all those beautiful people out there this music? So hopefully, this can can you know mend this time because this is a crazy world. And I feel like music is a healer. Let's put this album out there and let's let everybody rock it and just have a good time and and hopefully you know we can we can get past this and you know get to better days. Well, let's talk about the making of this album. Did you do it yes. during the quarantine? Did it start before it, or did you do it during the lockdown? How lucky. We were very blessed enough, Eddie, to be able to do this before the quarantine, because I don't think it would have, the album would have come out as good if somebody would have came in the studio and sneezed or coughed, and we knew about COVID, because I would have shut that damn thing down in a heartbeat. But <laughs> we were <laughs> lucky to be in Florida, Orlando, with our, the beautiful Elvis Bassett, uh, the producer. And uh, that's the second time we've worked with Elvis. I feel like he's a sixth member of the band and that team. And uh, it was great. The writing process for us was incredible. We were able to have that time away from each other and then go back. You know, everyone's doing their side projects and stuff. So it, it, it makes for good writing when you come back to seven dust, if that makes sense, because everyone gets to get, you know, they get to do their things. And we, we have other outlets. And that's something that, that I love about seven dust. Do you guys generally do your writing together in the studio or do you do it? Does everybody do stuff on their own and then bring it in and everybody gets together and work it out in a rehearsal room or something? Both, you know, everybody has the studios at their homes and stuff. So, you know, a lot of times Clint will do his thing, send it in, John, you know, we'll kind of do that. Then sometimes me and Morgan and John, we like to do a writing session and we'll get together and do a batch of songs. And then we all get together uh, in the studio. And that's pretty much, that's where I feel like the real magic comes out. Even still to this day, 20 something years later, once we look at each other and we're in a room jamming, that's when everything is, you know, it, it, it just happens. I, I feel like that, that 19 year old kid in the back of the rec room, uh, wondering how we're going to pay next month's rent here. we got to play a show somewhere. Wait, we just played a show last night. What are we going to do? I still get that energy when I'm with the guys in seven us. And that's a good thing that I hope I never lose. Uh, after all these years, it's still fun. If, if that makes sense. Yeah. Well, I would think that's really, really important. Um, you mentioned the producer of this record, um, Elvis Basquette, yeah. who you, you, this is the second time you've worked with him. I know him, I've met him a couple times, but I know him from his work with Alter Bridge from pretty much day one 
and then with mm-hmm. Miles as well, and then and then and through that, in the last couple records he's done with Slash with the uh, conspirators, yeah. and it's funny, um, and and maybe you can elaborate on this because like I know the guys mm-hmm. in Alter Bridge pretty well, and they absolutely consider him like a fifth member of that band. And Slash, ever since he started working with them, is really gotten tight with him and you just made the reference he's like a sixth member of the band what is it about because you've worked with a lot of people in your career what is it about working with with elvis that for you and the band clicked so much good question man uh now we worked with tons of producers and not to get take anything away from any of the producers we work with they've all been great Elvis has just been, uh, for, for years, we've wanted to work with him. We've known him. We've always, you know, that circle that our friends, all the bridge guys, Tremonti, we're all tight. John and them, they all live in Orlando. So John kind of knew Elvis more than the rest. But when we finally met, it clicked. And then once we went in that studio and we were the first band to live up in there, except for Miles, it's like, for me, how do I explain this the other day? I said, do you remember the after-school special uh, that you watch on uh, Fridays after school? You know, try to get home to hurry up and make it see what the episode is going to be like. His house, to me, for an artist to explain, it's like that magic house that you always wanted to go into, but you never could get in there. And then once you got in, you realize this is a fucking magic place. He breathes, sleeps, music, everything. Once you walk in there, you know you're getting ready to do something cool just because the energy that he creates around uh, the band. It's not, he doesn't want to do, he lets us do what we want to do. He's, I feel like Elvis came in. It was a good, he, we felt like we needed someone to police the band a little bit. <laughs> so, but, uh, uh, he said the reason he wanted to work with seven us is because of seven us. He didn't want to change anything. He just wanted to, if there was something he could do to help. And I feel like that's what he's, he's done. And I, I can't say it enough, man. You wake up in the morning there at the house, you're ready to sing. You, you go in the studio at 12 until 12 midnight, and it's an incredible energy. There's not one day that I was there that I didn't want to be there, and I always look forward to going back. Did he work you hard as a singer? Yeah, man, but I like working hard. You know, he doesn't, he won't, <laughs> he thinks that I, I think he thinks that I try to work too hard because I like to really, you know, knock it down. If I'm going good, I'll sing every day until, you know, I, I don't have anything, but I never let it get to that point. But working with Elvis, we, you know, we turn everything down and, and we just feed off each other. And, you know, I, there's not one time that I've, you know, he's, he said something that I didn't like or vice versa. It's just, it's just a great working relationship. And I recommend any kids out there or any adults that are in music, lady, man, just to, you know, try that out one time because it's a great experience. You know, one of the things I love about Seven Dust is the heaviness of the music. And I, and I love, you know, I've always been a vocal guy. I've got to hear good vocals and melody and great singing. And I love your voice. And I've always been, uh, I've always wondered, I've talked to so many different singers in my career and I, I get different answers to this all the time when I ask them about their process as a singer uh-huh. with warming up and warming down. And I've talked to some of the greatest singers ever in rock history, and they'll be like, I don't do any of that shit, man. I just walk out and belt it out. And then I've seen other guys. And I've been, I don't do it. <laughs> I've been in their dressing room. And they're screaming into towels. They're doing a two-hour warm-up, a two-hour cool-down. You're, you're of the mindset. You just go out and do it. There's none of that stuff with you. Well, you know, sometimes it depends on where I'm at. Uh, I could pretty much go out there, but I do do like a meal, la, 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 la. But I'm not listening to no tape like, you know, back in the day, like you go, you get your vocal lessons and they send you home with a CD or tape. No, I think at a certain point in time you get past that and you know your voice, you know your body, just like with any athlete, with anything that you do, you know, if you better practice, you better practice, you know, if you need to warm up, warm up. So I think that that goes with everybody. Some people don't have to warm up. Some people do. I definitely feel like you sing better after you've warmed up. (laughs) 
you know, once you're getting going through the motions, you, your voice definitely gets stronger along the way. And it's funny you talk about singers right now. As a matter of fact, I'm with one of my best buddies and a producer, songwriter, singer, uh, Sahaj, from the band Raw, which I love. And uh, he's actually been uh, producing and writing with me on my solo stuff. So um, we're locked up. The wife sent us away. We're at my farmhouse right now, and we're getting down on it. <laughs> Is that is that the band spelled R A Ra? Yes, you know Ra. Yes, yeah, I, I know who they are. My buddy PJ plays with them, the bass player. Oh, yeah, PJ. Yeah, so uh, those guys are getting ready to have a new album come out, and I'm just so excited about them. But on the chance to work with uh, Sahaj has been incredible, and I can't wait for everyone to hear my solo stuff that I've been doing too. Oh, so you got so are you? Where do you live now, Lejean? I live in Overland Park, Kansas. Oh, you're in Kansas. Yeah, I'm in Kansas, man. My wife tricked me, got me down here. I love it. We <laughs> built the house in we built the house in Overland Park, and uh, we have a a farmhouse out here in Baldwin, which is right beside a uh, KU College. And it's uh, about 300 acres out here. And we were sitting uh, with a family out here where we uh, inherited Grandma and Grandpa's house, and we remodeled it, and it's beautiful, man. And I said, nice. "What? We could put it to use." And so I turned this into the farmhouse studio. <laughs> Wow, that is that is awesome. Very cool. Sounds beautiful. All right, so the album is out on on Friday, uh, Blood and Stone, yeah. and then um, the you guys released yesterday another single and video from the record, Dying to Live. The song is killer. The video is really cool. Tell tell me about the video because you guys aren't actually in it, right? It's more of a. No. It looks like a movie. It's like a four minute movie. Exactly. It's a, definitely a movie. Uh, we, you know, just due to COVID and everything, we weren't able to, uh, to to do the video like we wanted to by being in the video. So, you know, we went out and reached out to the director and gave him a treatment. He sent back uh, that treatment for the video. And we thought, you know, hey, this is going to be something fun. And it, it looks like a movie. And I thought that's, you know, that's uh, uh, collectively, that's what we all thought would be very cool for people to see and catch your, you know, just, you know, get, pique your interest a little bit. And uh, the most important thing is definitely the song. But I think that video will definitely bring you in. Yeah, it's incredible. I mean, so that was just a treatment, and they hired some actors, and you got they sent it to you, and you guys said, yeah, that'll work. Yeah, that'll work. And then I, I can, I, you know, it's Eddie. I can tell you, there's some scenes that we had to take out, too, man. I mean, it was, <laughs> it got, it got like, you, you would have thought it was like back in the day, hanging out backstage at a Motley Crue concert, and one of those scenes, we said, all right, take that <laughs> out. We're, <laughs> we're not rolling like that these days. Uh, wait a minute, take <laughs> some of that out, too. So, yeah, we had to roll back a few things, because I said, even... We're heavy and we're, you know, we're adults and everything, but some of that stuff might not be cool. <laughs> but you know my what? My kids wouldn't have been able to watch the, my kids wouldn't have been able to watch the video. How about that? <laughs> well, maybe you do a director's cut at some point, you know, maybe you do, you do something um, like that be- because the thing is, idea you, you, because they will definitely love it. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, is you used to have to worry about that sort of stuff when there was something called MTV and you were trying to get airplay, but now everything just lives on YouTube anyway. So you might as well do whatever the hell you want because you don't have to exactly. worry about what does and doesn't fly exactly man i don't know i think after we you know we all have kids and stuff now and i, I don't know i just think that we look at things a little bit differently for some reason maybe because we just grew up a little bit and uh i i said you know some of those things you don't have to have in it to still get the point across <laughs> <laughs> now you got me really intrigued lejean you got to send me a link i got to see i got to oh, see the director's oh, yeah, cut yeah. no have, i'll have Cap <laughs> send it to you you'll be like okay maybe that was good but that wasn't it <laughs> <laughs> so and, i mean and, uh, like tony montana scene has nothing on this dude and this one scene that we took out 
Uh, where did that come from? Maybe that Scarface. Maybe that's yeah, why right. he's so jacked up. I got you. Get <laughs> I got you. Cool. I got you. So, hey, yeah. I want to ask you too. Speaking of singers, you went and did an amazing job covering Soundgarden. You went into some deep water there doing the day I tried to live, and I thought that yeah. was fantastic. Tell me about the decision to record that song. Well, thank you. Well, Seven Us, you know, we're not known to be a cover band. For whatever reason, this album, we sat down and looked at each other and said, man, wouldn't it be great to do a cover? Yeah, that's cool. What should we do? Everyone, of course, all of us have a thousand ideas. I tell this story. Morgan, I was, every day, was coming in saying, hey, man, what about My Sharona? We could really make it really cool. I'm like, what? What does that even mean? I'm not going to sing My Sharona. No, absolutely not. <laughs> so that was one that definitely, it didn't even, it, no, no, we weren't going to do that. So, of course, we're thinking and going back and forth and laughing at each other and, you know, picking at each other. And Elvis comes in one day and says, hey, man, what about the day I tried to live? I was like, wow, okay, that's great. Any Soundgarden song is awesome. Any Chris Cornell song is awesome. And I looked at everyone, and I was really honest, and I was like, well, who's going to sing it, though? Everybody kind of <laughs> laughed. And, <laughs> and I was serious, Eddie. I was like, don't put that on me, Ricky Bobby. So anyway, uh. Elvis, Elvis said, you got this, the guys, you got this, LJ. And, you know, and so let me tell you what I did. I waited to the very last track, the last song, the, the night before I left, uh, the evening before I left, I left at five o'clock in the morning. I waited and I went into that, uh, that booth. And this is what I said to myself, Eddie, I can't go in there and compare to Chris Cornell. I can't go in there and try to sing it like Chris Cornell. I can only go in there and sing it like LeJean Witherspoon sings of the seven dust. So that's what I'm going to do. And when I went in there, I thought about his legacy. I thought about how he made me feel seeing him perform with Soundgarden, how I feel like if he, his music is such a, an important influence on this genre of music in now, back then, and in the future. And I thought about his kids. I thought about his family. I thought about my family. And I thought about the way he died and the legacy that he's leaving behind. And no one wants to go that way. And so I went in there with all those emotions. And that's when I sang that song. And I sang that song that way. Mm. Yeah, you did a brilliant job with it, man. However you channeled it, however you had to do it, it's uh, it, it really was uh, was amazingly amazingly cool. Now you are going to obviously you can't uh, tour and there can't be shows right now. We all know that, and that has led so many bands. It seems like every day I'm on here talking about one or two of them mm -hmm. to go into the live streaming thing and to present a concert streaming. You guys are doing that on that's this Friday to launch the album, right? Oh my God. I'm a nervous wreck about to fly to Florida. Hadn't seen any of the guys in the band except, you know, uh, phone calls here and there. Uh, we will see each other for the first time in six, seven months. It's going to be very small, uh, a closed, disclosed location. The band, three crew members, and then the film crew. And uh, it's going to be a really nice, elaborate setup. And we're going to jam maybe 17 songs, however long, an hour or so. And I can't imagine what it's going to be like because there's not going to be a crowd there. So I, I, I'm just going to go in and rock it like we do on a stage in front of a million people. And I'm just going to have to... Look at them like, hey, stand up in your living rooms. I don't know. Do something. Don't knock your grandma over. You know, whatever. Pick that plant back up. But let's have a good time. And hopefully this will be something that will take everyone's mind off this freaking crazy world that we live in because I feel like music is a healer. And it is going to be the only time that you get to see us this year. So I'm excited about that. You know, I'm excited about the new songs. I'm excited about the new album. I'm excited about 
people being able to see us. I wish I could touch everybody and hug everybody in their living rooms. I wish we could be there with them, but this is what we have to do. And uh, I hope it, I hope it's a success, you know? You you said you haven't seen the guys in six, seven months. So ha, have you not rehearsed for this? Or are you going to run through the stuff be, just before? I mean, what about that end of it? Oh, yeah, we'll rehearse for sure. They're, they're going to give us, a, you know, tomorrow's Thursday. We'll rehearse tomorrow. But seven us, we're like a, a fine old machine, man. You know, it, it might be like limping a little bit. But then you put a little oil in and we start winding up. We're ready. We'll rehearse for like an hour and be like, okay, I remember it. You know, we might go through half the song and be like, okay, good. That's enough. But we do need to definitely rehearse the new songs and, uh, you know, the Soundgarden songs. So we'll go over those things. And everything else, it, it comes back real easy. So even though this is being done on Friday to celebrate the launch of the record, the live performance of people by the stream is going to be a mix of stuff. You're going to do your catalog and some new stuff. It's going to be a little of everything. Oh, oh it's going to be great. It's going to, it's, it's, they, they're, they're going to be in for a surprise. We've built up a really cool show. And I think it's going to be fun for people to watch and something to have and to go back and, you know, and, and to look back at and be like, wow, this was a crazy time. Remember, we didn't get to see seven of us in 2020. Well, guess what? Here it is. You know, <laughs> the only time you get to see them is like a mystery. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. I mean, so many bands have to resort to doing this and I get it. It's uh, it's where we're at right now. So, again, this yeah. stream is on uh, Friday, uh, the same day the new album comes out from Seven Dust. The stream is called Seven Dust Live in Your Living Room. Uh, 17 bucks uh, for a ticket. So you get four buddies or uh, to hang around. That's a couple bucks a person throwing the pot and crack open some beers. And there you go. Crank it up on your TV. Where do people go to sign up for it and get the ticket? Lejean? Seven dust.com. Any of that stuff, social media with seven us, you'll see uh, a link to go to it. And uh, I'm sure everyone will be able to find it fairly easy if they go to our page. All right, very cool. A couple quick things, yeah. and I'll let you get back to it. Yeah. Um, how's Morgan doing? How, how's he doing? I know he had some health issues. How's he doing? Fine, I guess. I mean, Morgan, you can't stop him, man. He's like a, a, a old roach, Donald called it. <laughs> he's, like, <laughs> he's fine. Morgan, Morgan is doing good, man. That was a little scary for everybody, but he made it through that. I can't believe uh, we had to cancel going overseas to Europe with Alter Bridge and playing stadiums, but Thank the Lord that Morgan's okay, and, and hopefully in the future we'll be back to go. You'll be able to go back over there. But everyone's healthy, man. Everyone's hanging in there. Uh, we're just getting older or getting more gray hairs and trying to stay in shape as much as we can so we don't all have dad bods. <laughs> uh, t- t- dude, I'll tell you what, man, this pandemic. I mean, people talk about the COVID-15. I did the COVID-30. Ain't nothing wrong with that. Uh, yeah, it is when you got to put pants on one day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what you forget. That's right. We've been walking. We've been walking around in pajamas and jogging pants for so long. I, I, damn, I forgot I got to put on a rock outfit this weekend. <laughs> oh man, I actually had a gig last weekend. I was like, I got to put on jeans for the first time in six months. I'm like, oh shit, you know, I that's better a, get moving. It's a, when you I get better, older, it's amazing. <laughs> I'm going to do some dancing in my cowboy boots. Y'all might see me do a backflip on accident Friday. <laughs> <laughs> and look, along those lines, I got to mention this real quick because it's funny. I, so before I talked to you, I went on the website just to peck around a little bit, see what you guys uh-huh. had up there. And I was looking at your merch, and it's brilliant that you guys have a Seven Dust Waffle House t-shirt. Whose idea oh. was that? That is fantastic. 
Well, you know, we're from Georgia. We grew up on Waffle House, so that's like something that's a, a staple in us, man. And then it's just so funny that we, you know, growing up in Georgia, Waffle House was like seeing a McDonald's. That was everywhere. So that's just something that's always been in us. And it's funny, uh, whenever we go to a town somewhere and we see a Waffle House, normally we'll end up there still to this day. <laughs> you know what's crazy about that is where I live, I've lived in New Jersey my whole life, and we don't have any here. The nearest one is about an hour and a half away over the border in pennsylvania so when i see and i know when i when i'm in an area i see them it's a big deal because i don't see it all the time and i know when you tour and, and there's other parts of the other states they're all over the place but what is your uh what is the lejean witherspoon go to at the waffle house what's your move there oh, i can't believe you said that scramble no 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 scrambled smothered scattered and then i, I might say another word but i don't know if i'm saying it right but yeah i like that i like that i'm not good with the lingo but i'll say scattered smothered Onions, tomatoes, I guess that's what that means. So, yeah, that's my go-to. Hash browns with everything on it. <laughs> oh, that, that's, the, that's the thing, man. I get the big-ass plate of hash browns, and I do the jalapenos, the, the onions, the, toma- the tomato. They throw that slice of American cheese. And I wonder why I can't fit in my pants, and I'm talking about this. There, there you go. That's what, <laughs> hey, that's what scattered and smothered is right there. You just said it. That's all of it. <laughs> it's, it's good stuff. And when's this, yeah. when's this solo record coming? How far along are you on that? Uh, Oh, man, we're probably about uh, 10 songs in and writing some more. You know, taking my time. It's really funny. And I'm very excited the fact that there's label interest in LeJean Witherspoon for, to sign. I think that's funny that, uh, that you know, I'm going to have a chance to sign a record deal with this. And uh, I'm excited. Uh, right now, I'm going to do a few more songs. And I, like I said, I have to write right now. I'm waiting for a label to, to say yay or nay. And then I, I'm on the road. I'm on the road with different labels that are knocking at the door to ask me if they want to hear the stuff. And I'm, I'm excited about courting some of these guys. Like the old days when we were a kid, you know, and you thought every time when they were taking you to dinner, you thought that they were paying for it and you didn't realize it after you signed with them, you were paying for everything. So I'm, I'm, I'm ready for those kind of dates again. <laughs> the word I think, the word I believe was called recoupable, wasn't it, LeJohn? Absolutely. Man, we're going to take you guys to the steakhouse tonight. Come on, anything you want. We're like, yeah. Yeah, guess what? You're paying for it all. <laughs> yeah, I remember that as well. Well, listen, man, it's great catching up with you, Sum. We want to yeah. remind everybody to uh, to check out the, the live stream. Go to the band's website. You can get yourself a ticket. That's going down on Friday, 9 p.m. Eastern time for the big Woo! launch of the, uh, of the new album and the live stream for that. And then, of course, the album itself is also out Friday, the 13th album from Seven Dust, Blood and Stone. So make sure you, uh, you get that as well. And I'm going to tweet the link for the video for Dying to Live because I, I just think it's cool, man. I, and, I, and I really want – now I'm really interested in seeing the director's um, cut. So I'm definitely hitting would, up Kevin for that. I'm going to have Kev send it to you. And, Eddie, man, I want to say thank you so much for taking the time to do this. And everyone out there listening, uh, Eddie, what you do for the industry is incredible. Thank you for letting me uh, go, uh, walk down this avenue with you. Uh, and also, everybody, just stay safe and healthy and do whatever the right thing is out there. So at some point in time, we can get back to hanging out, having concerts, being safe, rocking out, jamming, hugging, going home, talking about it, and, not, and being excited about the next weekend for the next show that we're going to go see. Because when that happens... They're going to be some of the biggest shows and I think the best shows ever because we've been sitting around for so damn long. Yep, I'm with you all the way on that. Thank you for the kind words, LeJean. I appreciate it. Anything you need, you know where to get me, man. And uh, and good luck with everything you're working on. Good luck with the stream. Good luck with the record. Good luck with the solo stuff. Good luck with the raw thing. Everything you're doing, man, keep on keeping Thanks, on. Man. And uh, we'll talk to you all soon, right. okay? 
All right, God bless you. Stay safe. I'll talk to you soon, brother. All right, man. You too. Bye-bye. Thanks to Lejean for checking in, and thanks to Miles Kennedy earlier in the podcast. That new Alter Bridge EP is out now, and Seven Dust's new album, I believe, is out now. They were just nice enough to send me a vinyl and CD copy of it, which I greatly appreciate. Always nice to get stuff in the mail these days when it's so rare. So check out those new releases from those artists. And thanks to my radio show, Sirius XM Trunk Nation, on the Volume Channel, Channel 106. That's where the interviews you first heard originated from. And that is uh, where we get that audio from. So it is courtesy of them. And I urge you to check out my show every day on volume if you're in the U.S. or Canada. If you don't have Sirius XM, get a trial subscription for free. Come on board. All the information, of course, is online. Thanks to Katie Irizari, the producer of the Eddie Trunk Podcast. Thanks to our sponsor, Goodies Headache Powder, and their new product, Goodies Hangover. It's got that powerful pain reliever, boosting ingredient. You can get fast pain relief and a boost of alertness. It'll help battle the groggy, tired feeling that comes with a hangover. It's hangover relief at the speed of powder. It's available at Walmart, Dollar General, Amazon, and other fine retailers. More info, get it at goodiespowder.com. EddieTrunk.com, at EddieTrunk on social media. That's how you stay in touch with me. That's where you get all my info and updates, especially on Twitter. And I'll see you next Thursday for a Thanksgiving edition of the Eddie Trunk Podcast. Yep, it's here already. If you're in the U.S., you will know it's a holiday next Thursday, but we will have a brand new episode for you. And it's going to be a very special Thanksgiving one with a very strong Thanksgiving message. I'll explain on next week's podcast, but really, in a nutshell, we'll talk to a guitarist by the name of Lanny Cordola, who played with Jafria and House of Lords, who currently lives in Afghanistan. He uprooted his life, and he moved there to help young girls in war-torn countries learn music. An amazing story, a great heartwarming story, inspirational story, perfect for a Thanksgiving podcast You'll hear it next week. Have a good one, everybody. Catch you then.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.